Welcome to Wizard Team, a Black magical podcast for Black magical stories. Hi everyone, it's Bayana, Robin, and Portia embarking on a journey through the many fantasy stories written by and about Black people. Currently, we're reading Amari and the Night Brothers by B.B. Austin, and today we're discussing Chapter 9. Previously on Wizard Team. Oh man, so we are getting into the good stuff, into the meat now. Um, we are finally entered the bureau. You can ignore my notes no. if you want. <laughs> no. I just, I just was reading that like, what? Who doesn't enter the dragon? No, absolutely not. Oh my God. Diana's note says, enter the bureau or whatever Cisco said. Because, of course, as if I, I have ate, like, waited, get me going on a tangent. And now I want to... I want to watch the Hill music videos. Great. Um, so we enter the bureau. Uh, Magnus takes um, Amari down and we get to the like dormitory level. I am still unsure about what this building stuff is, especially as we get to this chapter that we're about to read is like, I'm very confused about, like, I cannot visualize this, and I really want, I hope mm. that this gets bought and turned into a movie so someone can visualize the bureau for me, because, like, I feel like oh, we're it underground. It's it underground, you know? We're yeah. definitely underground. We're definitely underground, but, like, are we going further and further to, like, the center of, like, how far yes. underground are we? We're just we're going we're to just the center the of Earth. Earth. Yeah. Yes, we're going to hot the down there. Yep. Yes. Where are we in terms but, of the center you know, of the Earth? I'm sure anyway. the bureau has air conditioning. So I think they're probably. I fine. hope so. Um, <laughs> so we get down to this uh, dormitory level, and also like, how wide is it? Right. So like, is there like, <laughs> is, is the dormitory on the same level as the auditorium, and the and the elevator is going sideways and not up and down? I assume they're is all it going like, down. Yeah, like but... like. I assume I that like they, they were like the same. And, I assume and, it was like the same. I don't know how large the Vanderbilt Hotel is, but I assume it's pretty big. And then I assume that it's like the same kind of width, but just like no. I thought that it would go down underground and then get really wide. That's so what I don't first, have to go that far down. That's, yeah, when I first read but, this book, I thought it was like Willy Wonka. It was just like elevators going willy nilly. Like they were, yeah. they knew where they were going. Like they had a, they had a system. So like you know, like air traffic control. Like they knew where they were doing. Yeah. However, they were just going in whichever direction made sense for where they're going. But then the second time, as I'm hearing them read off the departments, I'm like, oh, this is just going further. She further, keeps further going further down. down. It's just going down. And I can't remember if, like, later there are any moments where they start going other directions. That's what I like... think. I, maybe, and that's why I'm thinking maybe I just haven't gotten to the part where I was like, oh, maybe it's Willy Wonka. I just, I don't think I've gotten to that part yet. See, I don't know, but we need to figure this out. Mm-hmm. Uh, someone at BB Austin and tell him to give us a map because I am confused. Anyway, so we get down to the admini- or the the dorms and we meet Bertha. She got a problem. Bayana thinks that she's missing the Real Housewives of the Potomac and or Atlanta. Something's on TV and she and she's being um, distracted from by Amari's presence. Um, we don't know what her problem is, but she got a problem and she got an attitude. And then we meet Elsie, who is not only going to be Amari's roommate, but is also a were-dragon and can read auras and is like a master inventor, tinkerer. 
um, cause she's made snick candles and she's made a radio out of spare parts. Mm-hmm. Um, so she's brilliant and she becomes Amari's first and only friend in this department of supernatural affairs. We find out that Quentin and his partner, um, are famous, famous, like celebrities, like celebrity, like teen beat type famous. Um, and they defeated the last night brother and that magicians are bad. And the night brother that they defeated was a magician and his name is Moro. Like, I I thought it was like Moreau. Moreau, like the Island Mm -hmm. of Dr. Moreau. Is Mm -hmm. that how I, yeah. 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 Okay. Mm-hmm. If you've read that book, I haven't, but it played a big role in Orphan Black. So I feel like I know <laughs> it intimately. Um, I still haven't read the book, but I know what it's about because it was a it was a mainstay on Orphan Black. Um, I love that for pop culture. Like, you're like, oh, <laughs> what is this obscure classic that I have no interest in reading? Okay, yeah, just put it, mm-hmm, put it in mm-hmm. a TV show. I will understand Got it. Got you. <laughs> Got it. Um, so if you've read... The Island of Dr. Moreau, or you've watched Orphan Black, you are mm-hmm. familiar with this thing. Um, and so, yeah, and since fast friendships are made, Elsie um, can read Amari's aura, knows what she's about, knows that she's worried and nervous, um, but also tells her that there's a good chance that she's going to have a moonstone in terms of level badge levels. And Amari goes to bed nervous about this because she doesn't think she's as good as Quentin. And she has no idea what her potential is. And that is where we ended off in chapter eight. Yep. Um, we open chapter nine with Bertha continuing to be salty. So I don't, I rescind my, uh, <laughs> my guess for why she's salty. I truly have no idea. She's just a hater. Um, which is a running theme in the next chapter. Um, Ooh boy. So Bertha knocks out, like bangs on their door and is like, you're late. Didn't you hear my knock an hour ago? And Amari's like, you didn't knock. Um, so then, then she's, you're calling me a liar. So basically she's just very antagonistic towards these children mm-hmm. when she could just welcome up at a regular time like everybody else. But but also, like, why is she bucking up to 12-year-olds? That's what I'm saying. Like, what is... I just don't get her deal, like, at all. <laughs> like, I just don't understand it. Like, she's just, like... Like, why are you in a job it's where like, are you, you trying are to... making children your adversaries? Like, like you're you trying to sabotage... You're trying to, like, sabotage them and also... See, and that's hate, what like, I wasn't I sure don't... about. Like, did she forget about them? Or did she purposely not knock an hour ago? Right. And then like being called... And, on but purpose. is one of those people that cannot... cannot apologize for making a mistake and so right. then she doubles down you know what i mean yeah because like the you calling me a liar is like hold well, up girl relax. i'm just saying it's like seven in the morning like please. yeah but why are you ready is that why are you ready with oh you call me a liar like why is that your first thing you're going to respond to See, that because i thought she was feeling bad because she noticed that like oh she skipped them and like personally i think like that makes sense sometimes if you like they were the last people that she like or the last kids that she interacted with at night, she might've been like, oh, I already spoke to them, but it was last night, not this morning. This is how my brain works. I don't know. I was like, you're, I, I was like trying to give her the benefit grace. of the doubt. <laughs> I was trying to give her a lot of grace and say like, she accidentally didn't knock. But when Amari was like, no, you didn't knock. She immediately went defensive. And that's when I was like, why are you being like this? 
this early in the morning to some children. So either way, whether she did it on purpose or not, impact over intent. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So. It's wild. But now they're running late again. So this is the second time Amari's been late. Um, and it's not been her fault. <laughs> <laughs> Except this time it's just because this Hayden dorm person. Um, also because they're like underground and so they don't get naturally woken up by the sun. Right. They need to, no, they got magic. They should be able to be like, give like they do that False in like sunlight. Star Wars. Yeah. Like they put, yeah. give them like a the window that is whatever. They should mm-hmm. be able to do something. Or like they do like the lamps or whatever that like mimic daylight. We have the technology. Yeah. <laughs> even in like Also, the why world. are they going to rely on a knock on the door? Why can't they set an alarm? Like, why yeah. isn't there like, something that goes off that it's wakes them up? Efficient. Like, it's, there's just a magical beer. Why aren't the floors shaking or something? I don't understand. <laughs> Not an earthquake. <laughs> <laughs> just a minor one. Just a little razzle. Like, <laughs> That wouldn't work for me, though. That definitely wouldn't work on me. I'd be like, oh, it's an earthquake. I'd go right back to sleep. Not going to lie. Yeah, I'm from California. No, these people are, if if a lot of people coming from the same, uh, the Atlanta area, then that would be shocking. That's That's true. true. Yeah. But yeah, definitely not if it was in, it's not in California. So that, I guess, works. (laughs) Um, So... Elsie says that Bertha's picking on them because she knows there's no one they can complain to yet. Um, and is like, just wait till we've been accepted into a department. Things will be different. And I'm just like, that just feels like not okay, Betty. but obviously they can't. I'm like, is she, what department is she in? Is she just mad? She must've got like demoted or something recently. I just don't get it. Yeah. I, it feels like she is like, you know, one of those like, people that want to be a cop just to exert power over people. And they're not even good at that until they double down on like, they become a mall cop and then are doing too much. You're like, you have a flashlight. (laughs) Calm down. Like I'm telling y'all, y'all need to watch this Amazon prime show called the outlaws because one of the, like it's all a community of with Stephen merchant, the linky top British man. Um, It's all these different characters across like different like social realms, like a socialite uh, white woman who's also, I think, lesbian, and then um, a black woman who's like a social justice like uh, nonprofit leader, and all this, all this stuff, or whatever. And it's they're all pulled together in community service for some crime that they've committed. And the person who is their like probation officer of sorts, but she's not really a, a probation officer. She's just like in a, the, the probably the lowest rung position that can be anywhere close to any kind of like police command she's mm-hmm. in there and her whole attitude is i want to practice being an authority figure so then i can become a police officer and whenever the police officers come in the room she is like doggedly following them shining her eyes like she, they can do no wrong kind of thing and it's like girl they don't even they don't even want you they're not even stunting you, but right. it's everything to her to act anything like them. Like she just, the minor, the most minor of authority she can do, she'll do it. Yeah. What a sad existence. And that's what Bertha gives me. Like, yeah. if I can remember that character's name, I, that's who Bertha is to me. Yeah, people like that are unfortunate. Like, they're just sad, like Robin said. It's sad. Um. So... 
Oh, so Amari apologize or starts to apologize for like snapping at Elsie the day before, but Elsie, because she can read Aris, is kind of like is already like, no worries, you're forgiven. So they're cool, they're on good terms. Um, and they get on the elevator and they take it all the way down. So they're they're just going. I think they're just going further and further. Uh, towards the I don't <laughs> towards the Earth's core. I don't- no, because then also, sorry, we have to remember that the elevators are AI, and I feel like yeah. that temperature causes things to go wacky, and then the elevator is going to be homicidal. Like, I, no, no. Robin is still at home. Robin went home. Yeah, I was going to say you weren't even there. Um, so they take it it, to this, like, it looks like a cave, essentially. There's a bunch of tunnels with neon signs, and they're pointing in different directions. One leads to the International Railway Station, um, another to the department, oh, I love this, Department of Hidden Places This Way, or is it? Um, (laughs) I love that so much. I love that, I just love the little, like, quirky things that, like, pop up. Even when, like, like, yeah, go ahead, sorry. No, I, I just love that. Like, the only way you really know for sure what's going on in that department is if you work there. So you're like, you you know if that sign is misleading or not. Like, you know. Mm-hmm. Like, other people may or may not know, but you definitely know what's going on with that sign. Right. <laughs> you're like, you might, might go this way and then end up somewhere completely different. Um, I would love if that sign just, like, moves around. Like, it's like a mischief maker of itself. Like, it just kind of, like, is it yeah. here or is it here? <laughs> Like, just kidding. It's not here anymore. Um, So then a lady comes running out of the tunnel. Um, She's the secretary to the chief. And she's like, where have you been? The the ceremony's about to begin. And so she, like, pulls them um, into this, like, auditorium, um, which I really like. This is, like, it just sounds really dope. So it's, like, this huge cavern. There's a whole bunch of, like... uh, glow worms that are like lighting the space and so it's like it's an it's an auditorium but it's very magical um and while there's like obviously like more going on i just love that like description of them going into this like gigantic cave and it's super eerie and like dazzling um like every i don't know just everything about this place is very cool i guess (laughs) um so yeah, so then the, it's dimly lit. There's a stage um, down with a, and then like a woman uh, standing behind a white, a wide glass podium. Um, and so as we like look closer, she has, the woman has like fish gills on her neck. Um, so again, it's just all these like different kinds of people as we're getting into basically what's about to happen. But um, as they keep going, Suddenly then there's like essentially paparazzi here. And so I now, find this okay, so that part I was just like I, I okay, Portia I was say, talking like, about Oh, go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say this is like it's one of the things about this book that I really like is that you get to moments where you're like, This is so dope. And then you immediately after you're just like, No, this is horrible. Why do they allow this? <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> it's such a like interesting balance. Yeah. Um, yeah, Portia was talking about how it doesn't make much sense, especially um, if you're going to have this like 
department of like secret investigations or special investigations or whatever to like have these people be so public right mm-hmm. because if ever if i've seen you um I mean, maybe you can like change your appearance i don't know but if i've seen you in the newspaper being like that's amari peters and she has this level badge and she decided to be in this level you know what i mean because they are um ostensibly like reporting on this stuff like it just feels dangerous and then also again amari's mama does not know that she's here she is 12 she can't like consent to being featured in newspapers that was my main thought. It was like, she's like, a kid. She's a kid. Like, they're, they're asking, like, rumor has it you're getting, someone's getting a, mo- a moonstone badge today. Is that you? Or were you following your brother's footsteps and become an agent? Did you, if you join the Department of Supernatural Investigations, will you take up the search for Vanquish? It's like, she's 12. She just got here. She don't know what's going on. Like, and why, and I just then, wanna... why would this be the moment to be asking those questions? And why are they even allowing? And it seems like it's very, like, run of the mill like they clearly allow reporters to be there during the badge ceremonies which i just feel like heightens the Mm. level of like pressure on these kids even if amari Mm -hmm. wasn't there um Mm -hmm. yeah it's just weird i just also feel oh sorry go ahead go ahead i just want to know one that like the whole consent and uh the level of reporting and stuff there that um they also like they know that her mother has no ability to get like any wind of these newspapers like these are all secret newspapers or whatever and whatever uh outlets news outlets so like there's no way that amari's mother can even get catch wind of it and be like oh no i'm about to sue all y'all like y'all we don't play that with my baby like they, right. she has no option to do that and they know that and they gave amari no forewarning um and it's very agonizing that it's like mostly fan- like for her and they didn't give her any kind of clue what was going on and they like there was no one who's been prepared her um ahead of her like like magnus doesn't even didn't even prepare her for what she could expect um and then secondly this is all the more reason that i think bertha did it on purpose because there's no way that's there's that level of reportage happening downstairs and you didn't know that like there was all this fair for this child and that you didn't prepare, uh, like at least let her get there at a decent enough time to get herself together for all that was happening here. Like Bertha did that on purpose. Yeah, Bertha is just a salty, mm. salty, salty woman. <laughs> I just I don't I yeah. do not understand <laughs> at all. I wonder how old Bertha is because I mean, Bertha is like an old name. So I'm assuming she's like older. I don't that, know, that, but you'll be knowing people who be your age with some old right. names. You'd be like, okay, yeah. all right. My good. best friend loved to name her baby. <laughs> my best friend named both of her babies out some old lady names. And I was like, this is just what you're doing. All right, cool. Um, I love the discussion but, about like knowing baby Lindas. I was like, I never met a Linda who was a child my whole life. I've only met grown <laughs> Lindas. I've never met yeah. a child Linda. <laughs> I've never met a child Linda. No, but yeah, no. so like I was thinking about this and I was like, maybe Bertha is Quentin's age. And wanted to be Magnus's favorite, but Quentin was the, the golden child, and she's taking it out on Amari, which gives, you know, your favorite professor at a different magical school vibes. Um, yeah. But also, again, why is this your that. job? Would you wait, say it again? 
I said I always assumed I think that makes sense, but I always assumed she was older than that, but they don't it doesn't give yeah. The, the it doesn't, doesn't tell you. Any, yeah. She doesn't give me like middle aged though. Like I feel like the pettiness is like a level of like non like haven't. I feel like the level of like um, professional aspiration she gives it gives younger on a younger mm. end than it more than it does like middle aged. If that makes sense. Yeah. That's why, because that's why I was thinking like maybe she just has an old an old name and that's like in vogue here. Because I it. I don't know. I, yeah, no, we I do no not clue. know what Bertha's problem is. No. But she got a problem. <laughs> we we got don't. a name problem. Um, and if Amari mom if Amari's mama knew about that, she would have a real extra big problem. <laughs> <laughs> mama Peters. Plays Beyonce's America has a problem in the background. Exactly. Um <laughs> so Amari's kind of stuck. Um with all these questions, part of her wants to let everyone know that she's there to find her brother, but also doesn't want to be the center of attention. I feel like it's probably not a good idea to <laughs> tell everyone I'm here to find Quentin, but you know, she's 12. Um, and she doesn't end up doing it because of her nerves. Um, so, um, but the secretary shoes them away. And so instead they go to the, um, like down to the stage with the rest of the kids. Um, they sit at the, <laughs> of course the only like two available seats left are in the front row um but they get sat down next to a tall blonde haired boy i took that as res- um, like reservations i took that as like, well, like maybe it's they, by well but, um, I, but they're but i'm like is it by like is it alphabetical it couldn't be alphabetical like if there's i think it was i think it, i thought it was about like badge i think it was oh like, maybe oh, yeah like, by badge like the front row. order yeah oh well, maybe mm-hmm. yeah um so yeah, so they sit and Amari they Amari sitting next to a tall blonde haired boy, um, whose posture is so perfect he might as well be a statue. Um, he looks at so he looks at her and then whispers something to the girl next to him and she snickers. So again, more haters. Like I just feel like every time Amari comes across a new so person rounded. in this world, they are hating on her. And I just don't understand. Like, what is what is the problem? What is going on here? Like I I was I was made me real sad for her because she was like what is it that I just it made me so sad for her she's like wait I'm sorry I just was like on a whole other page um (laughs) but she was like I sink in my seat a little what is it about me that turns people off so much and I'm like nothing like nothing these people are miserable (laughs) that's what it is yeah you just happen to well, be Well, I think it's like who are the thing about you, you that turns people off is something that you have no control over mm-hmm. and is deeper and bigger than you and that you probably would not even want to change once you feel more comfortable in yourself because mm-hmm. blackness is dope. Um, having unlimited magical potential is dope. Having famous siblings. I don't know how dope that is, but like it could be, <laughs> it could not be dope. Um <laughs> You know what I mean? You got you going you gonna get invited to all the parties. I don't know. Like it feels like it, it is what you make it, I guess. Yeah. So it's just it's one definitely... of those things that like you can just feel how twelve she is in that yeah. sentence. And I'm just yeah. like, Oh, I my poor heart hurts for her. Yeah. And it's hard to understand a little bit too, because we haven't like by the end of this chapter we not that she, not that people are given a reason to hate on her, but like in their eyes, they are. If that makes sense, 
Mm-hmm. Like up to this point, she's just here. Like she just got here. You know what I mean? Like she might be getting a little bit more attention from, you know, journalists or whatever because of who her brother is, but there's really no reason to like be nasty to her. She's here just like everyone else. Um, so yeah, it's just like, it's super sad. And it like sucks, especially because like when we're introduced to her, she's in a situation where people are making her feel unwelcome. Um and so she's been like nominated to come to this like amazing place. And, you know, she's supposed to be here to find her brother, but also to like widen her kind of like potential and her perspective and experience all these magical things. And then the people are doing the same thing that they were in the regular world. And it's just like really disheartening. And yeah. And I think we talked about this a little bit before, but like it's a not the only problem, but it's a big problem I have with these kind of like secret underground societies when like you do all of this work to keep it a secret and then you punish people who enter the society and don't know anything about it. Like, Mm -hmm. and I don't know if they just assume that Quentin, like she does know stuff because Quentin's her brother, but like Quentin's not supposed to tell. So, um, and, and he hasn't, um, or, yes, yeah, so I don't know if they just assume that everyone joining knows or is from the supernatural world. I, it kind of gives you that feeling of, like, you're at an immediate disadvantage because you come from, like, what what in this book they call the known world. And you're learning about all of this stuff in real time while everyone else has context and perspective and knows a lot of these things. Um, but also they don't... It's not a part of the ceremony to further and better explain like everything that she knows she got in a whirlwind, like just what do you call that? Like a wall of text from Magnus as she was mm-hmm. also taking in a bunch of visuals of giant fighting and, and going down in this elevator that was talking back to her. Like, you know what I mean? Like she doesn't have, she hasn't had time to like, process what she has learned and she also doesn't have the context of everything else and so she is constantly feeling othered and um now she's not only othered but there's like these expectations on her that she doesn't even understand yeah i feel bad for every kid that came from the known world and especially bad for amari yeah, totally. Because, like, they're probably getting very similar things, but she's, it's a little bit, I guess she's just, like, hyper-visible. Um, yeah. Just, like, Black folks in general. <laughs> so. In general. Love that for us. Wizard Team is brought to you by Black Nerds Create, a collective providing content through the lens of critical and creative fandom. If you want to support or partner with BNC on projects like Wizard Team, let's build. Find out how at blacknerdscreate.com support. So they sit down and now it's time for, this is like the badge ceremony. 
Um, <clears throat> so first, so the, the woman with the gills on the podium, she introduces herself as Elizabeth Crow. Um, she's the chief director of the Bureau. Um, and then kind of explains a little bit about the badge ceremony. So everyone's assigned a badge based on their current overall potential, but like there's possibility for that, for you to be like, to what's the word? Like be promoted, I guess, to move up. Um, So it's kind of like we were talking about it when a couple chapters ago when Amari was taking the little like, I want to call it a breathalyzer. That's not what that was, but essentially (laughs) the magical breathalyzer to see her like magical potential. Like you started, you start at whatever your base level is and then it's not like you're stuck there, which I think is um, good. Um, So first they get their badge and then they get to become supernatural. So that's kind of dope too. It's like, you don't, the people in this world don't just, or at least the humans in this world don't just automatically have magic. They have to be given it. Um, so essentially what this does is, so using the crystal ball, this, like this crystal ball, like this big crystal ball, they, everyone will touch it. And then one talent that they have will be kind of like enhanced. Yes. Um, into a supernatural ability. Um, you know what this reminded me of, um, in humans in the Marvel mm, MCU, yeah, where like some people um touch the little like what was it? Uh Diviner. The Diviner, thank you. Um, and they would turn a stone and die, ripped trip. I love <laughs> not over it. Um and then some people <laughs> who have no, because he Okay, this is one I'm of my sandboxes. Here. The actor <laughs> Oh, partially don't do this to everybody. <sighs> should have not been the actor who played Trip. Freaking Why are you Anthony doing this again? Should have played Trip. Not Anthony. And that actor should have been Falcon. I agree with you. Because <laughs> if Trip would have died, who's Anthony Mackie? I don't know. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> but no. <laughs> Okay, she, when she said now. this, still not. I'm what still... was that? Ten years ago, whenever yeah. that happened, yeah. we were, I, we were like, "How dare you I'm ruin so this? Mad. Even make it I even harder so for us." I'm so mad. <laughs> just like, how, how dare, dare you bring this into my consciousness? <laughs> and um, now another what, whatever, however many years later, it still hurts. It still I hurts. Saw but... And am I wrong? No, no, that's no. What makes it hurts. <laughs> that's <laughs> what makes it hurt. That's why it hurts because you're not wrong. No, so. But anyway, back to Amari, and it just feels like, okay, so if you, you don't die, right? But, right. like, the the people who touched the Diviner went into the cocoon and then broke out of the cocoon and became inhuman all had different powers. kind of powers. Yeah. Um, and so that's what this reminded me of. Yeah. Um, just a little less dramatic. Well, uh, I wouldn't say less dramatic, less potentially fatal. um so yeah so it's uh the director says that like some folks might have a pretty good idea of what that talent is or like which talent will be enhanced while others are going to be surprised um so amari is kind of like confused not confused but just like not all that excited i guess because she's like i don't really have any special talents that i can think of um, and then 
chief co so like as i mentioned like you if you get your base level badge and you can work yourself up and so the chief kind of like kind of tells this to the kids like to not be discouraged by like what badge you get today because so like for example like she got one she was awarded a wooden badge and now she's at gold so and it's like you know the chief director of the entire bureau so it's again it's like not something that while it might be i guess discouraging to get a what they call a lesser badge um in the beginning it's not like all they can do um so yeah but also amari is again like her confidence and her like not really wanting to stand out is also is coming into play here so like she's hoping that she doesn't get the moonstone badge um in part because I think her kind of insecurities about like her, her and her brother and like not like living up to his, I guess, example or standard. But then also she's like nervous about having a badge higher than the chief, um, which I kind of get in some ways. It's kind of like an interesting ranking system, especially for those kids. Like if you do end up having a higher badge than someone who's been in the bureau for however long, like. I don't know. The ranking system is a little tricky, I guess. But maybe not. I can't really remember. It sounds tricky. Yeah. So, so the ceremony begins. So, um, maybe this does kind of go like what Portia was saying about like the order of the badges or whatever. Um, so they start with the notebook paper badges, um, the uh, a girl named Aspen Matthews is the first to go on stage. She gets her badge, then goes to the crystal ball, um, and then her um, enhancement goes from orderly orderliness to freakish organization skills. Um, I want that so bad, yeah. and I know for a fact if I touch the crystal ball, that would not be what I got. But as someone with ADHD, that I mean, that could be what you get by on. I, I think you'd have something else, but like. Amari was like, mm. it's like okay, I'm like, that is dope. Yeah, that is it's dope. dope. That's what, and that's also what I like about this is that like the the different kinds of um, magical abilities are so wide ranging. Um, and it's like stuff that you wouldn't necessarily think of right away as magical, um, which I think is just the world building and like magical. What's the word? Magic system is really dope here. Yeah. But also, um, for me, I was thinking about like how that, like how it starts off, I think on her level badge, but if she were to like, what would that look like? If her, her ability look like, like organizational skill wise, if she were to get a like higher badge with the same organizational skill, like ability, Mm-hmm. She could lead army. She could run army, <laughs> right? Or even you know like, like, like she keeps, if she keeps real, like real. doing her thing, like you know what I mean. If she keeps going, moving up in the ranks, moving she's a like, very yeah. far like way to rise. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you know she could she could, but become... she had the organizational talent to do it though. That's yeah, what I'm, so I'm saying she could become the brain. Yeah. You know. <laughs> what are we doing today? Look, watch out for Aspen Matthews child or whatever. Her name right. Is. You know. Yeah. But I did think that, like, I don't know if it, like, you couldn't really do, like, politician, right? Because that's, like, more about charisma or whatever. But, like, you could definitely do, like, 
this sounds weird, but like how we all assume Dick Cheney was just like the man pulling the strings behind the camera, right? Like mm-hmm. you find or Rowan, whatever from B six thirteen, like you find the dude that you put in front of everyone and yeah. you just run this stuff. Yeah, but you gotta have you know, a level of charisma for that too, because you gotta make those dudes listen to you. Yeah, get them dumb enough, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> so yeah, so um, Elsie kind of says that she'll that Aspen will probably end up in the Department of Supernatural Licenses and Recordings, or sorry, in Records filing papers. Um, um, and then says that like some folks like the easier, less dangerous departments, either because it's all you qualify for, or you make it to um, eighteen without passing any tryouts. Um, so yeah, it just feels kind of like, I don't know, a little bit like leftovers, even though that's still like a necessary department. Um, yeah, but I also but think also, like, it, oh, sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was gonna say, I also think that like, it's a little, I mean, obviously this is one kid's kind of guess on what will happen to this other kid or whatever, because as we're talking about like freakish organization skills, like homegirl could take over the world. Um, but yeah, that's that's all I was gonna say. Yeah, I mean, I think like this is like the nature versus nurture kind of argument too. Of like, if you start off with that level badge, in the vast majority of people think like, oh, you're just gonna end up in the Department of Records at whatever age you are. I don't know if she's twelve, right? Because it goes there's different ages here. But yeah. I'm assuming she's early preteens, early teens. Like, if everyone, and I think this is, like, true of a lot of stuff in this book, like, if everyone treats you as if that's all your potential is going to get you or that's where you can go, then do you, unless you have some innate, like, ambition or belief in yourself, do you start to then believe that that's all you can do and then you settle, Mm -hmm. right? So I feel like, you know, the... Chief Crow talks about how she started off with a lower badge and then worked her way up to a gold badge, like, and is now the chief of the Department of Supernatural Affairs, like, as a kind of this is a meritocracy and you can be whatever you want to be. I also feel like we have to be honest about how expectations do shape um, kids and their Mm self-esteem and, like, what they are able to do. So it's like... Sometimes you can overcome that, but sometimes it's harder. You're kind of, it's harder, yeah. Yeah. But I also think that, like, speaking about, like, the hierarchy of it all, too, um, I really dislike the fact that, like, the like, that department doesn't even have competitions. And so it's looked down upon because it's not even a competitive department or whatever. And it's like, that's a great way to like this everything that's set up here for for children to go through is a great way to give these children very big and bad complexes oh it's gifted kid syndrome academy and we can play (laughs) out even in the adults as they act because the adults are clearly building off of complexes that they built up over time about the level of power and who should hold it and who's doing xyz Mm -hmm. with it and who's right to do it who's not as we keep reading throughout the book it's like y'all this level of hierarchy like y'all start it young and ingrain it and then you look down upon people who are fresh into it like amari and her brother and then amari's brother comes in and that's you're like wait where's where'd he come from and then she comes in and now y'all are being extra so i 
like she can't she can't even walk into a room without cameras flashing and getting hate from people that she has not spoken a word to like really yeah it's ridiculous it's really wild um so at so as this is going on um amari catches the boy she's sitting next to glancing at her from the corner of his eye when she catches him he's like i wasn't staring (laughs) just like you know (laughs) the universe time for i was staring yeah like clearly um and then amari's like didn't say you were and dude says oh well good then and then he looks away so amari's just like i don't I know after a while, she's just like, what is going on with this? And like, why can't y'all leave me alone? Um, like, y'all act like I'm the weird one, but then this like, happens. I'm literally so, just yeah. sitting here. I'm minding my business, please. Mm-mm. Like, please just I was thinking about, like, ceremony. and I mean, you know, not to bring race into this, but race is already in it. I was mm-hmm. thinking about how many times you'll be, as a black woman or black person in general, like, living your life and someone is like, just forcing their themselves yeah. and their isms on you, and you're just like, girl. I'm just, I trying, just want to mind my black street. business. I'm just, I trying. just want to mind my black business, right? <laughs> and I think like a lot of times, like I've been thinking about this with like the Karen videos and stuff. Like, mm-hmm. I think it pisses them off that we are supposed to be the ones that are like lesser, and we walk around unbothered. I yeah. think the and they are so me, bothered. Yes. And they're bothered by us in particular. Like, they're bothered they are, by us being unbothered. They're like, we have said this But it's just us being up. unbothered by, like, by literally anything <sighs> we do. We do our hair a different way. Ooh, what is going on there? Like, they just... Yeah. Like, but no, I think... I think the biggest time that, like, one of the biggest times that, like, resonated with me is was seeing, like... And this is probably... I don't remember years, but maybe 2013, 2014. Um... When those kids were at a pool in McKinley, Texas, oh, and yeah. those police officers just and I'm like, y'all are y'all can't even play like oh these kids are, like they were just going to a pool <laughs> and how hard it is for black people in general to all like to know to swim and like have fun in a pool <laughs> and the history of that and you really called cops on these kids and the cops came in. And, like, we're brutalizing these kids in swimsuits. And, like, being, you as an adolescent, especially, when you're trying to, like, get in tune with your body and, like, how the, the conflicting feelings you feel about your own body and you have a grown man touching bare parts of your body, like, it was just, and that's what's coming to me right now for Amari in particular. It's, like, it would be one thing if if it were just kids her own age who were, like, acting a fool. But you got Bertha already. <laughs> and then all these freaking cameras flashing and no level of consent. So it's mm-hmm. like, where is the any ethics? Where is any sense among these adults? Because seriously. Yeah. So far, there isn't much to be found. <laughs> which is just like, great. Which again, is like what I was saying earlier about it being, it's like, it's hard, it's disheartening when like, she's already coming from a place that's like that. And you come to this brand new place that you've never heard of fantastical, like all these really dope things that are happening. But then like some of these things are still the same. Um, so yeah, so they continue with the badges. Um, and then soon as like, as they start getting 
higher than the more like rarer abilities begin to pop up. So um, Billy Pogo's knack for being in the right place at the right time becomes unnatural luck. Um, and literally while he's on stage, he gets the call that he's going to inherit his great aunt's golden fleece collection, which, you know, what is that? Me. I don't know. <laughs> so I was thinking fleece, like a fleece jacket. Oh, you no. don't, you don't know the, I think it's a Bible tell or is it not Bible? It's That's what uh, I was like going to say. Like it sounds, it's like Odysseus. It sounds it's both, I think it's both. I think it's, it shows up in a Bible and I think it also shows up like in like Odysseus and the Iliad, um, where there's a golden fleece, uh, like from a golden, I guess like a. It's a sheep ram, or something, like a weighted ram. I'm but it's like it's like it's like the sheared. It's fleece, so yeah. it's because like it's so it is like the coat. Yeah, like wool. but it's not a coat. It's just yeah. like the the fabric itself. The actual, yeah. Like, yeah, but it's yeah. fabric. Okay, yeah. Word, but because word, it's word. because it's biblical and like um Greek and all that kind of stuff or whatever, it has like this ancient stuff with it. So it's probably priceless. You know what I mean? So it's yeah. probably just like really expensive and like so now he has a lot of gold in the bank basically. My church mother is probably rolling right now that I don't. <laughs> but I just saw, I don't know why, like when you said that, I was like, okay, that does ring some bell in the back of my yeah, no, same. mind. But like, <laughs> I just was like, cause, and also because it's freezing right now in uh, California, I was like, like a fleece? I don't understand. Like she got, he got a golden jacket. How lucky is that? That un- I mean, if it's like, gold, you're like, oh, you're like, oh, he so he got drip, so he's gonna be walking. No, <laughs> I was thinking, I was thinking, it's golden. So you're just I like, was oh. thinking, he has a fleece made of a heavy metal that's not going to be absorbent to moisture and gonna be cold and and heavy. I don't know why it, just, it didn't, it didn't, it didn't. <laughs> I just thought that does not seem very lucky to me. That's but so funny. Sorry. Continue. Um, Jonathan Zhang, uh, his talent is hiding. Um, and then he shows how he can turn his body into clear glass and announces he's aiming for the Department of Spies and Secrets, which I just feel like maybe you shouldn't announce that. But that's fine. Right. You're like 12, so it's okay. But, <laughs> but, think, but here's my thing, too. It's that frontal like, lobe ain't why... frontal lobing. <laughs> right. And this is why there shouldn't be, um, like, reporters here because their frontal lobes right. are not frontal lobing right but also anything could ha- he can announce that all he wants to that doesn't mean he's gonna like pass the test or whatever to become that mm-hmm. or that his but, personality actually fits because so your personality is not giving spy right <laughs> but more even more importantly to me at least if i'm doing something that i think like spies are going to like i'm going to be coming and battling up against spies research is a big part of that why would i not just go back in the history books and be like do I see a picture of this kid, no matter what he tells me his name is, like he seems Somewhere. To, like he's around yeah. like he's around like thirty. So around like twenty twenty, he was at the he should have been getting his badge. Let me go back in the archives and see what badge he got and what his powers were. You know what I mean? It just feels like there's like a paper trail here. Yeah. Yeah. Especially if he doesn't change his name. But I think my other thing is that like, um, they, like I love how BB Austin writes this because it's very like the quirks of it all and through throughout mm-hmm. it because if you look at the names of the kids and some of the talents that they have, it's connected, um, and their reactions are either spot on or completely counter each yeah. like each announcement. And it's so like I think it's just like a fun way to write this scene when there's a lot of like even bigger things at play here as well. Yeah, agreed. Um Oh, apparently also, um, 
people who work in that department have to get their memory erased every time they leave. So, so maybe I'm he'll out. be okay. <laughs> what does that do, like, though? Like, how does that help? I don't know. I guess, like, every time they, but my thing is like every time they leave, like the department itself, or they like you know what I mean, like oh, like I'm going to transfer over to another department, or every time they walk out the door of the department. Okay, like, okay, okay. I it? read it as every time they leave the department itself, and I was like, how does that help you as a spy? Like you wouldn't be able to recognize. Mm-mm. Yeah, you wouldn't be able to build anything. Yeah, yeah. you don't. Have maybe a- it's part. Maybe it's like. Maybe it's not complete mind wipe. There has to. It has to be like selective mind wipe. You know yeah, what I mean? so that you, you can't, have to be able to you keep caught, some of this you information. Can't, you can't say you can't give any information up, but like you got to yeah. know that you work at the department. You know, <laughs> like you can't... yeah, like what am I doing? Like around, like you go to the, the department of hidden departments. Like, is it here or right. like, where, like, where, like where do where do I work again? <laughs> you leave the building and you're like, what was I supposed to be doing? I don't know. Yeah, seems very intuitive. I also think there's a TV show about this. Uh, well, something similar set up like premise of like I forget the name of it, but it's on Apple Dollhouse? TV. No, on Apple TV. Oh. Um, it, it has oh, uh, the no. guy, um, the guy who played Adam Scott, who played yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Ben. It's um, Severance, not Severance. Yeah, Severance. Yeah, yeah, it is Severance. It's Severance. And appa- I don't, I haven't watched it because I don't have Apple TV. But apparently, while they're in the office, they don't remember their actual lives outside of the office. But whenever mm-hmm. they're outside of the office and their actual lives, they don't remember what happened in the office either. Mm. that's interesting mm-hmm. um capitalism it made me think about doctor who the <laughs> something archive um yeah i don't remember what it was called but they had like that security guard who had his mind wiped every oh, he thought right. every day was his first day yeah um Mm-mm. but okay Mm-mm. moving on um then there's this girl named julia farsight who becomes a medium um, Amari is adorable and asks if it's better than being a small, <laughs> which I'm just like, she's precious. Um, she's 12. That also sounds like something, that's what sounds like something my sister would say. <laughs> yes. It definitely gave me Aminata memories, but like, I, I, I love that too, because it's like, he doesn't let you forget that like, she don't know what that is, you yeah. know? And like, why would she, why would she, why would she? Right. Um, so then Amari doesn't realize her mistake until Elsie says that Julia will probably end up in the Department of the Dead. Um, whatever that entails. <laughs> um, and then Elsie... Oh, go ahead. Oh, I was just... like I just realized as you... Because I was like, oh, she doesn't know what that is. But she does know what a medium is. It's just her brain didn't go to... Didn't... Yeah, it didn't connect. <laughs> it didn't connect because why, why would it? Yeah. Um... So then Elsie um, gets a silver badge. She's one of 13, um, which means that Amari either has a gold or the moon. Well, she calls it the scary moonstone badge. Um, Anxiety. So, man, <laughs> she's sitting here like, for real, y'all serious? Um, so before Elsie leaves, though, Chief Crow puts her arm around her and briefly talks about the benefits, uh, the diversity benefits of having members who aren't fully human. Um, I hated which- this. It's really bad, and it's like she she's saying this because she is half Atlantean, so like she has you know she has gills on her. So like it's like I understand the solidarity or pride, yeah, or whatever, but and like, like at least it's better if she like if she was full human, it would be worse. But it's still not good because it's like not this is... like Elsie didn't ask for this. She's she's being singled tokenism. out here. It's very yeah tokenism. It's very like yeah. 
awkward and then it's made even more awkward because the note like there isn't a big reaction from the crowd like they're not like yeah go Elsie they're kind of just sitting there like it doesn't do anything good for her (laughs) yeah I I put a note for like not the catalog kid no oh no like literally like (laughs) yeah but then also I like it goes um and maybe this way I don't know what you're gonna say Robin but um I just think about Robin's old go-to phrase about like intention versus like impact or whatever mm-hmm. and like like okay maybe you had good intentions but you definitely didn't think about like how well to play to the audience or whatever because why is that the reaction that came from that like you didn't mm-hmm. really think that through and you didn't even like give Elsie like ask her what her preference would be for the situation right. like would she want that something that came up as she came on stage or would she rather just kind of try to like blend in and not right. get noticed she's trying to leave and then you're like right. well let's right now let's make a stand and, like, and, and especially if you do that like right this. after she does like let her like yeah. give her something yeah i was just thinking about the fact that like elsie also i feel like identifies as mexican she was found off the mexican feed she has a fl- mm-hmm. mexican flag hanging up in the room and so like the double like i'm not human and i don't i don't she's not white passing right i have to double i I have to go back and reread her description or she i don't think she is but she's not and so it's like a double like it is especially because homegirl is is also white she's white and half atlantean not yeah of color and so like and that's what i was thinking of like this uh chief crow is thinking about it from like the like non-human whatever because she is a white lady and so she doesn't have those like double marginalizations right and so like but what she just did was like further single elsie out when she's already had roommates be like no i don't want to room with this you know what i mean she's already Mm -hmm. been kind of like ostracized and then it's like takes it even a step further yeah um, so Elsie goes to the crystal ball, um, and then her talent, um, inventiveness is enhanced to mastermind inventor, um, which I love Amari's, Amari's reaction. Like, yeah. Um, <laughs> she says, she's like, I would have thought she was a mastermind inventor already, but it's no wonder the Bureau has such amazing technology. They turn smart people into geniuses, which... Do they turn people into things or do they create an environment where some do live up to things and some do not? I think both. I think that's going to be the the point. Yeah, I was going to say that's also the point, (laughs) but I think at this point, at least both. Yeah. Um, So, so Amari's still trying to figure out like what her talent is. Um, But before before she can really do that um now we're at the point of presenting elite badges um so first are dylan and lara van Van helsing um there to collect their gold badges and like yeah that is the van helsing we already heard about so that's um they are the younger siblings of maria van helsing who if you remember from I think last episode, last chapter is Quentin's um, partner, which is also like, why are y'all so salty when our siblings work together? Right? right? Okay. <laughs> but also like, going on? y'all are getting gold badges and like, what is, why are y'all concerned about me? Like, yeah, dude, like, y'all, like clearly, y'all clearly know what y'all got. Y'all clearly got it together. So what's what I'm, what's me? 
It's because they are supposed to be the golden. I get this part. That's like they are supposed to be the golden ones. They are supposed to be the ones that are like yeah. the main getting all the draw, getting yeah. all the accolades, getting all the attention. And I don't. And we'll see this with one sibling more than the other. But like when you grow up thinking that like the world is supposed to like bend towards you or give you everything that you've ever wanted, like what is it? It's that it's it's literally that like a quality feels like oppression type of yeah. syndrome over here um, yeah because how dare amari come and like steal their thunder yeah um so lara and dylan both smile and wave they're basically just like working the crowd as they go um as they get to the stage uh chief crow gives her a huge hug like it's just very like <laughs> It's just a lot, honestly. Nepotism, um, babies. But yeah, also, like, and like very yeah. obvious though. Like I think that there's like moments where, you know, it's like very clear that they know these people and have grown up here. You know what I mean? Like they mm-hmm. also have like that kind of advantage in that like she's giving a, a hug to the chief director of the entire bureau, not like just like a good handshake and a smile where it's like, yeah, we know each other, but cool. It's like, nah, I ran up there and I like gave God a big hug. or whatever yeah, yeah or something like that like it's just like very obvious um yeah. they were shaped and molded into for being. this moment mm-hmm. yes um, so dylan goes to the crystal ball first um amari thinks that he looks like scared really um well scared to death as he's like going up and she's like guess i'm not the only one questioning what kind of supernatural ability they'll have I'm gonna um, just put an asterisk mark for spoiler, but not spoiler for this thing happening here. His just, reaction. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then, um, so he touches the crystal ball, and then he gets from mark marksmanship. He gets physics defying aim. Um, he's Hawkeye, basically. Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to (laughs) say. He's now Hawkeye Van Helsing. Um, And then Lara uh, touches the crystal ball. She gets... um, So what starts off as fitness becomes superhuman athleticism. Um, And then she decides to test out her... Black Widow. Yeah. Oh, no. (laughs) Dang. I mean... You're not wrong. I just didn't even... I didn't even click. Really? It didn't even click for me. No, I did not no. think that at all. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so she shows it off doing a bunch of jumps and flips across the stage, um, looking like special effects from a superhero movie. So, you know, that Black Widow movie, they really were doing a lot. I mean, she's always doing a lot. But um, So now it's time for a very special presentation. The reason I expect we have so many additional spectators this year, which is like, y'all could have talked to her beforehand. Right? Why she has no this? clue. She has no clue what's happening. So Amari's called onto the stage. Cameras are flashing. People are watching her, whispering. Like, it's just a lot. Um, so, you know, it's very rare that that um, a Moonstone badge is awarded. Um, even rarer to have two in the same family because Quentin also got a Moonstone badge. Um, so apparently there are only 13 in the whole history and now she's the 14th to have this badge. It's a huge deal. So she gets it and then she goes over, um, to the crystal ball notices. So Elsie's really excited for her. Obviously the twins again are salty. 
um just staring at haters just hating i'm just like why why do y'all hate like why what is this like why you're too young to have all this on your heart but anyway um so amari goes she touches the crystal ball and nothing happens and then so it takes a minute and then a plume of back black smoke appears swirling and filling the ball completely a crack reaches the surface she takes her hand away the screen flickers and the uh, it says on the screen talent enhanced to supernatural ability dormant magic to active magician in parentheses illegal and then the audium, auditorium erupts um that's the end of the chapter i <laughs> feel like it's very extra to have it say illegal in parentheses yes like so this is like something i'm gonna just like beat like a dead horse throughout this reading um and i kind of talked about it with like just having that potential and like with the department of like our organ supernatural organization meaning that like people are telling you what your potential is and then that stunts your ability to like believe in better for yourself or dream differently Um, like you get kind of stuck in the expectations given to you again, gifted kid syndrome Academy over here. Um, if they are telling you immediately, like Amari has no idea what's happening. She doesn't have any knowledge of the supernatural world until two days ago. She didn't know what her brother was up to. She doesn't know what a moonstone badge is. She doesn't know what magical potential is. She's learning all this stuff right now. And then immediately they're telling her it's illegal and she's going to be bad. Like, you just kind of like are, it's a self-fulfilled prophecy. Not that Amari will fulfill that prophecy, but like you are setting these people up for failure and then we'll see in the next chapter too like how you then are actively turning them against you if they want even if they wanted to prove you wrong like well yeah we'll get there but we'll get there but like it's it's just a it's just like i just okay i don't want to go all the way in because obviously like next chapter we'll we'll get into it very uh very deeply um but yeah, I think putting illegal on there is very unnecessary. And also like, what are you, okay. I don't, I don't get, I don't want to go all the way in, but like, what are you going to do if she, like y'all gave her this power? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's not like she just had it. Y'all enhanced it. <laughs> like, yeah. how is illegal when y'all did it? Yeah, that was but, my thing when I first read this. I was like, how are, if it's illegal, then how is it a thing that can happen like how is this allowed to occur if it's illegal i don't understand how y'all got this arrangement but yet it happened so how illegal is it because y'all set up the whole thing for it to occur yeah i mean we'll we'll get into that more the next chapter but it's also just for me it's like you're it's potential so she has the potential to do good as well as bad. It's potential. That's any and it's, human it's, being in the world. Yeah, that's any, every every being. single person. It's what you give them or how you nur- nur- nurture them or how you, you know, so it's just what you, what you tell. And like, again, she's 12. So 
her external influences are like so much more important now than if she was, you know, sorry. I always say like when you turn 30, something unlocks in your brain and you're like, I don't give a crap what anyone else says about anything. Cause I'm tired and I'm 30 and I am who I am. And like, as much as people change, I'm only going to change so much. Right. Um, at 12, that's not at all the case. Like, you're such a blank slate. Your amygdala is not fully formed, as Biana likes to remind you. Like, there's just so much more impact that outside forces can have on these kids. And so to tell them immediately this thing that they have no control over, that they didn't ask for, is illegal and bad, is like setting them up. Hate it. Um, okay. Cool. So yeah, that's where we end the chapter. Um, who is the real MVP for y'all? Clearly Amari. <laughs> I mean, no, actually, I mean, it's, it was for me, it's half and half. It was between Amari and Elsie. I leaned Elsie because she is the support system that Amari needs in this time. And she started off not only supporting Amari when she's on stage and that, but also like coming into the chapter as a friend and being like, there's no need for you to like have a long drawn out apology to me. Like I understand. Mm -hmm. And like, like I wasn't going to, she was never going to hold that grudge on Amari in the first place. It seemed like she was just like, yeah, no, like it's cool. Like we're cool. Um, And she used, she uses her or skills for good. Um, Yeah. It's like people around her so good. And I enjoy that about Elsie. I chose Elsie just because, like, we talked about, like, Amari has no clue what's going on, and no one besides Elsie is helping her um, figure it out. Like, you know what I mean? She's like, what does this mean? Or, you know, whatever. And Elsie's, like, whispering back to her, trying to give her some, like, explanations and explaining, like, what's going on with, like, the knowledge that she has. I mean, this is her first time here, too, but she's grown up in the supernatural world or adjacent enough to it that people have talked to her about the ceremony, talked to her about what to expect. And so I just think that it's really great that, like, Elsie's at her side this whole time and, like, being her support system and also helping her understand what's going on, but then also, like, not taking it too seriously and still being able to like, even though, you know, they've, they've been best friends for less than 24 hours now, like able to laugh at her when she's like, is that better than being a small or, you know, so like just keeping helping her like with normality. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really great. Yeah. Um, I made Amari my MVP um, just cause it's a lot being thrown at her. And so far she's taking it in stride and is kind of doing what she can. Um, as all of these things are happening and as she's being made to feel unwelcome and all of that. So that was my, those are my reasonings. Um, <laughs> benched is unanimous. looks like. <laughs> I almost, so I am trying very hard to get to like one person being benched. And when I, when I tried to narrow it down to one person being benched, it had to be Bertha, but yeah. I want to give a special um, mention to the, that's entire supernatural world, I guess, because I'm, I assume some of these people, I guess do all of these people work for the Bureau of Supernatural Affairs? 
No, because they, some some of them are like journalists, reporters. Or, yeah. yeah, yeah, fashion designers. So, but f those journalists too. Yeah, like it's where is like, journalistic integrity for freaking taking unconsented freaking information about a child? Yeah, yeah. I just, so you're right. It is the whole world. You got it. I couldn't. I couldn't bench them all, but I wanted to like make sure y'all knew that I'm not happy with you. Yeah, you fictional characters. Agreed. Um, but I also, Bertha does like, not have to be as salty as she is. No, so Bertha could have could have came first. Also, Chief uh, Crow gets deserves a side eye because homegirl. First, you didn't you didn't take Elsie aside, like and give her any kind of notice. You didn't take Amari aside, give her any like um de- like upload about any information about what's going on. You could have done that. You could have mm-hmm. been like, oh, ex- actually, Magnus, have her come by my office. I can give her a little information about what's going on in the world um, and what to expect tomorrow. Because I know she has, like, she shouldn't have any idea if Quentin did what he's supposed to do. So just bring her by. I'm going to give her a quick little thing, give her a meet and greet so she knows who I am and, like, talk to her about what she can expect tomorrow. And then if she has anything that she feels like, maybe I don't want to be in front of, of a million reporters. We can do our best to keep them from coming to the school. I'm thinking about Principal Gupta from the uh, Princess Diaries movie and how like all those reporters just like swarmed in whenever they figured out that like there was a princess at the school and yeah. whenever the queen came she was like bonding over her she was like, oh, of course I'll do anything and whatever um, and I think like I don't know that she would have done that for her Marmy. she wouldn't have been fawning over her or whatever but I think that hopefully she's reasonable enough where there could have been a, a, a conversation where this would not have happened the way that it did Um and I think they're like you're enough of an adult. You run a whole bureau, and you can think about that. Like you know how big the ceremony is, and you know she's going to get a moonstone, and you know who her brother is. So why wouldn't you do something to help her? I don't get it. You're an adult. Like you, sh- your frontal brain, your frontal lobe is completely developed. Like what are you doing? <laughs> yeah, like something. Like just, just some, just some more support. Um. Yeah. All right. Thanks y'all for listening. Not to leave you on a cliffhanger, although I assume you've read the whole book at this point because like how could you stop it? Chapter nine. No, seriously. <laughs> but so this is when it gets real, y'all. Like This we is when it going... gets real. So I do kind of feel bad about doing this, but we're gonna be taking a short break for the holidays. Um <laughs> we'll be back in I think like two weeks. In first week of January, we'll be back. Um to continue our read of Mario and the Night Brothers, and we'll be discussing chapter 10. So very sorry. Um, but if you want to know what happens next, just keep reading. We won't we won't feel bad about it. Keep reading. So good. Wizard Team is brought to you by Black Nerds Create. If you want to help keep up with our other content, you can check out our website at blacknerdscreate.com. Follow us on Twitter at BLK Nerds Create at Yana wrote it at Robin underscore rambles and at poor she uh follow us on Instagram and Tumblr at black nerds create and subscribe to our magical monthly newsletter. Don't forget to rate and review our show. Bye. Bye y'all.